This is about finding enoughness in what you can achieve as opposed to convincing yourself that you aren't good enough because you can't focus for longer. It's like, oh, if I really wanted to finish my novel, I would work on it every day. That's not true. That doesn't mean anything. People who can work on a novel every day have a different life. They have a different brain. Maybe you can't. If you can't, there's no shame there. It's about reconnecting with you and your creativity and the spirit of creativity within you, which you can access at any time. This is the neurodivergent creative. Spicy brains unpacking all the shame. It's time for you to come be creative. With Caitlin Fisher as your host and creative coach. They'll change your approach and tell you a joke to lighten your load. And help you along or sing you a song. Hey, sunshine. Welcome back to another episode of the Neurodivergent Creative Podcast. And today we are going to build off what we talked about last week, which was what to do when you lack time. And this week we're going to talk about what to do when you lack focus. So... I have ADHD. You probably have ADHD. Sometimes we do not control the focus. (laughs) And what this looks like in practice is that like, even when you do have the time, you get distracted from the thing that you want to be doing by other things. And those things could be positive. You could get distracted by things that you like, other stuff that you want to do or work on. You can get distracted just by existing in your house and knowing like that the dishes are dirty. And so you're sitting here trying to work on a piece of art. You're trying to sketch something or learn a new paint technique. And you're like the dishes though, I should go, I should just go, I should just go load the dishwasher. And then you go load the dishwasher and then you notice something else. And then two hours later, you are on the couch reading a Wikipedia article about walruses. Where is your art piece? We do not know. It has been lost to time and the chaos demons of our brains. Uh, You can also be distracted just by like people. So somebody knocks on your door and they're like, hey, how you doing? Do you want some lunch? You're distracted now. That's, That's not their fault. It's not your fault. It's brains. So what do you do when you have the time to work on a passion project, a creative pursuit, whatever the thing is, but you lack the focus? So once again, I have three activities. You can choose your own adventure. Pick an activity. The first thing is make a list of the biggest distractors. So if you know you could do this. So remember, like last time we went a little sciency. We went, we were making pie charts and stuff. If you want to get a little sciency about it, you can document your distractions over the course of a day. If you remember to keep the log of your distractions, that's that's the rub there. You know, if you sit down to work at like my work day usually starts at 10 a.m. So I sit down at 10, I work for 23 minutes, and then I pick up my phone and check my texts. That is a distraction. And even if you're not logging exactly what the distraction is, if you have some sort of 
oh crap, that's a distraction counter. You know, you can press a button or something. Anything that makes you aware of the distraction will help you notice how many times a day you're actually getting distracted. And then you can potentially make a plan to reduce those distractions. You can probably not eliminate them. We are distractible people, my friends. But maybe you can shut the distractions up for an hour at a time to work on whatever this project is. So if you've been through the Artist's Way process, it's a book by Julia Cameron. It's great. And it's all about reconnecting with your inner artist. She recommends an artist date, which is roughly an hour a week that you spend with your inner artist. So if you lack the focus most of the time, maybe work on a plan for your specific distractions just to get one hour. So if you're the most easily distracted by noises outside, dog barks, and you're just, whoa, what's going on? Maybe you could get some of those earplugs that block out ambient noise, or you can wear headphones and listen to a playlist. Anything that blocks out sort of noisy distractions, if that is your particular jam. Maybe you are distracted by housework, like we talked about the dishes. Maybe you're like, oh, I can do my my artist date after I fold the laundry. Okay, what if you didn't though? What if you just left the laundry there? What if you asked someone else in your home to fold that laundry? We can delegate, we can ignore, we can put our phones in a little lockbox. There's options. But this starts by recognizing what your distractions are. For me, social media is a big one. And I would say also my dog, because if she hears the slightest noise outside, she's barking and screaming and howling. She's a corgi. So she's, I'm sure she's been in a few podcast episodes. (laughs) She has quite a bark. And then I'm activated, right? I'm nervous that there's loud sounds happening in my space. Like, okay, She's got stranger danger happening, but like I'm still autistic and I don't like sudden noises. So maybe for my artist state, I don't have the dog in the office with me. You know, things like that. Just an hour at a time. That's what we're trying to carve out. So that's assignment number one is just acknowledge the biggest distractors and find a way to quiet them down for one hour at a time. And again, this is a baby step thing. You're not just going to suddenly not be distracted. Another thing that could help is uh, medication. So I take my ADHD medication on work days and then I free range on the weekends. But if I wanted to work on something specific on a weekend, I could take my ADHD meds to help me focus in. I just sort of, I don't know. I don't know why I do that because you can take them every day, but I take them to get more work done when I want to be working. And then when I'm not working, I'm like, whatever, I'm just vibing. I'm going to play Zoo Tycoon. I'm going to play Animal Crossing. I'm going to hang out and read a book, maybe. Or take a nap. I love a Sunday nap. Can't distract me out of a nap. Oh, sometimes you can. Okay, I lied. Isn't that the worst when you're like, "Mm, I'm going to take a nice little nap. And then your brain's like, we need groceries. We need garbage bags. We need olive oil. And I'm like, can you tell me this in one hour? I'm trying to take a nap. And it's like, no, right now you have to know that those red onions are probably bad and need you to be aware. It's like, please stop. So you can't necessarily shut down that distraction. 
because that call is coming from inside the house. But in general, one hour at a time is all you are asking your brain to resist. Easier said than done, though. But if you have any particular distraction avoiding techniques, please tell me because I want to know. I want to know them. I want to try them. My next activity is a little more fun and interactive. It is less scientific and listy. And this is to create a ritual around your creative activity. So maybe when you write, you light a certain candle. Or you, if you're painting, you listen to a certain playlist. You can incorporate all of the senses. Maybe not taste. Or maybe taste. Maybe you're like, no, I eat chocolate cake when I write. I go to the coffee shop. I get a chocolate cake slice and a latte. And that's what I do when I write. Therefore, chocolate makes me write. And we can do a little Pavlovian shit in our brains and be like, haha, when I smell this candle, the creative spirit is a light within me. So think about like environment, sensory things, like what's going on lighting wise. Are you in a well-lit room or do you only have lamps on? Like, is this a low light situation? Maybe if you're writing a song or something, you want sort of some moody mood lighting, moody mood lighting moody mood lighting. Or if you are writing, you probably want bright light. Maybe you want natural light. So if you're work working, you're in an office and just the the lights are on. And then when you're working on a writing project, you open up all the windows and you get a fresh breeze and you can smell the air and the sunlight is streaming in. You are in charge of your destiny here. Create a sensory ritual around your creative activity, desire, passion project, whatever you want to call it, to help sort of transition into that mode, that task, that area or zone. And this doesn't just have to be for a creative project. This could be something that you do at the end of a workday, especially me working from home. I don't have a great transition from my life to my work back to my life. I'm just sort of always thinking about work. So one of the things that I am working on this month is creating myself a little commute, a little commute ritual. So in the morning, I'm thinking that that looks like yoga, just like one or two minutes of yoga, one sun salutation while I listen to a recording of positive affirmations, whatever I need. Maybe I'll light the candle. I have a chocolatey candle that smells very good. I got it for Christmas. So that's that's my little commute. Maybe a commute in the evening could be walking my dog and listening to a podcast. Or there doesn't even have to be something I'm listening to. Maybe we just go walk around the block, etc. And giving myself a ritual, which I kind of, I feel like habits and rituals are related, but different. Maybe we'll do a podcast episode on that. But something that just signifies we're done working for the day. It is time to go be a person. Not that I'm not a person at work, but you know what I mean. It's time to go relax, eat dinner, hang out, enter resting and relaxing mode as opposed to productive, creative mode. So that was assignment number two. And again, think about like the baby steps and the honestly, even like mental obstacles in the way. So if you're like, that's lovely, Caitlin, but... I can't do that because X, Y, Z thing. Okay, well, like what 
what can you do? So if you think, you know, having a, a candle ritual or a playlist or something to get me in the mood, that doesn't really help me. All right. You can try something else. Like you don't, this isn't one size fits all. That's my whole thing is that one size fits all advice does not, does not work, especially for the neurodivergent among us. So if that sounds cool to you and you want to create a ritual, maybe it's even like put lipstick on, depending on what I wear, I feel different. Like if I put a dress on and I feel really cute, maybe I'll throw some lipstick on or I'll do a fun eyeshadow or something. I feel different all day as opposed to if I'm just wearing jeans and a t-shirt or a tank top and leggings or pajamas or whatever. And I love the pajama days. I love them, but I'm less productive. I think, I think I'm more just kind of like, we're here showing up, but there's a sense of kind of ritual of being a little bit more present when I do focus on how I present myself. That's fun. I'm going to explore that later. That's probably a blog post. Anyway, moving on. Focus. Focus rituals. So yummy. So let's say you have a list of your distractions. You have a plan to reduce them for an hour or 20 minutes. I'm not your boss. An hour, though. Let's let's live large. Let's try for a whole hour. One out of 24. One out of 168. An hour a week that you can spend with yourself with minimal distractions. You're trying, you're learning, you're practicing. And you have a nice ritual that gets you in the mood for this rest or play or creative activity or whatever you are doing. Now, how do you stay on track? So when we talked about not having time, the accountability plan there was to put an external deadline on it, to take a class or sign up for some type of recurring meeting with a buddy where you guys both check in on your goals. And so the, I don't want to say pressure, but like the, the fact that there is a hard date on it can make somebody with time management trouble or who runs out of time a lot to be like, okay, well, at least on the fifth, I know I got to have something to talk about. Great. Not necessarily the same for a lack of focus person, because sure you can make an appointment but if you forget about it, it doesn't super matter. So for this accountability, I want to work on how you conceptualize yourself, how you think about yourself. So you obviously have a desire to be doing more creative things. That's why you're here. You're watching this or listening to this. That's why we hang out on the internet. You want to do more creative stuff. When you can't focus on it, you might start to think self-sabotaging thoughts like, well, I must not want it enough, or I'm not very good at this, am I? Or does my project even matter? ADHD is disabling in our society because society is not set up for people with ADHD, right? Society is set up for people who can remember to do stuff. I think that's a fair assessment. And so all of this stuff is stacked up saying, well, if, you know, just make time for your passion, just, just focus, just do it. What, what are your excuses? It's like my, it's not an excuse. My brain doesn't run the same operating system that yours does. My brain's over here trying to like defragment my bookshelf. I'm having a hard time. So I advise, encourage, implore you 
to get back to why you want to be creative, because that reason why is something that cannot be taken away. You can't outlogic it. Like if if you want to write songs because they make you feel love and wonderful and they help you grieve and feel loss and express yourself, that's a really great reason why you deserve to have the focused attention on your creativity. Again, for an hour a week. And then when when you lack focus and you notice yourself saying those mean things like, oh, I guess I don't really want it. You can notice and you can say, hey, I know that you are trying to protect me. You are trying to convince me that I don't really want this so that I won't be disappointed when it doesn't happen. But I am actually trying. And I honestly really do want this. I really do. And the reason why is, insert your reason why. And then in this process, you can recognize and acknowledge the negative thoughts, but then also reframe them into something that is more helpful and supportive for you. Because you're definitely not going to improve your focus if you're treating yourself like shit all the time. You gotta be a little nicer to you. Be nice to my friend. So, oh, look, if you're seeing the video, Gwen is behind me. She's so cute. Hi, Gwen. Well, she's, nope. It's a corgi. We love her. A Gwen moment. Did I mention I have ADHD? Anyway, so this is, it's, it's not quite positive affirmations, but it's like intentional thoughts. It is recognizing the negative that's, that's in your brain. That's an easy neural pathway, right? Your brain has been saying, I must not really want it for 20 years and replacing it with like, no, I really do want it because it makes me feel really awesome. So Even if I can only focus on it for five minutes at a time, I'm taking that time and I'm going to love it. This is about finding enoughness in what you can achieve as opposed to convincing yourself that you aren't good enough because you can't focus for longer. It's like, oh, if if I really wanted to finish my novel, I would work on it every day. That's not true. That doesn't mean anything. People who can work on a novel every day have a different life. They have a different brain. Maybe you can't. Maybe you can, in which case, great. But if you can't, there's no shame there. It's about reconnecting with you and your creativity and the spirit of creativity within you, which you can access at any time. And you're allowed to access it for five minutes or an hour Or go check yourself into a hotel for a weekend and be like, I'm not coming out until I have completed a beautiful mural. I don't know. You can do anything. The possibilities are endless. That's what I wanted to talk about today with focus. So our three doodads again were one, make a list, kind of audit your distractions and potentially make a plan to reduce them. Two, create a sensory ritual that helps you transition into a focused frame of mind for a certain activity. And three, begin to notice and acknowledge self-sabotaging beliefs and working on reframing and replacing them with more supportive beliefs that center on the fact that you are doing enough. And on that note, I'm going to let you go and I'll see you next week. Bye.
Are you ready to stop hustling to keep up with the status quo and fully create on your terms? Check out my free masterclass, Art is Revolution. You will come away with a renewed sense of like, fuck yeah, about your own art and passion. That is my gift to you. If I can make one more person this week go fuck yeah about their passion and their art and their creativity, let it be you. Special shout out to Ashton Powers who created my opening jingle. I love that song. I'm obsessed with it and I sing it all the time, just in the shower. This is the neurodivergent creative. It's so catchy. Okay, I love you. Bye.